We're joined by Scott Reed, former advisor to a prime minister. Um, and Scott, I want to obviously, you're here to talk about this uh, scandal with an MP who's now out of the Liberal caucus. But I wanted to start actually with Joe Biden's visit. I'm sure you uh, would have been party to previous presidential visits. What's that like? Well, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty head shaking. Um, yeah, President Bush, we did a formal state dinner and event for him uh, in 2005. Um, I remember two things particularly about it. Uh, one is that the city was so shut down, so impossible to move. Security was so extraordinary that I couldn't get to my meeting with the president of the United States at one point. I had to, I was trying to convince just a regular traffic cop. No, no, no. I can go through these barriers. Here are my badges. I work for the prime minister. And the guy's like, yeah, whatever, get in line, buddy. Uh, so I felt like I was in some kind of, you know, bad movie. And the second thing is the president of the United States traveled with his own near beer. He's a recovering alcoholic, George Bush was, and didn't want to drink alcohol at the reception. Did not like our near beer and therefore brought his own and then insisted that I taste it. And I had to pretend <laughs> out of pure diplomatic politeness that I liked it when, in fact, I did not at all. So uh, those are those are two very uh, heady uh, memories. OK, well, now you got me worried because I have a ticket to go and sit in the House of Commons tomorrow and watch the speech. But I got, you know, I'm taking my passport, but I got no special status. <laughs> well, we'll see. I'm headed down there myself, actually. So uh, it should be, it, it should be, look, I, and I, I want to add one thing. I know I'm digging into our time, no, no. but to the point that everything is scripted, yes, there's enormous work that goes in and out of these meetings in terms of processes established. But, you know, I'll never forget the moment that George Bush, when we first met with him in Washington, turned to us and said, you know, this softwood lumber thing, why is it always on my desk? Can't we fix this? You got politics. I got politics. Let's cut through all the BS and the process. Can't your chief of staff and my chief of staff get together and talk the pure politics of this and try to sort it out? Months later, it led to a, uh, a breakthrough that then held for about a decade on softwood lumber. So you do get surprises. And, you know, the personal interaction between these two heads of government can result in significant uh, events at, you know, these, um, these, yes, highly orchestrated meetings. Well, believe it or not, softwood lumber is on the agenda today. I, it, I know it, it was we I didn't say we defeated it. We just we, we simply pushed it into the cave for a few years. OK, so yesterday in an appearance in Parliament, Han Dong announced he was leaving the Liberal caucus. And actually, uh, Nick, throw in clip number 17 here. Uh, it ended in tears. But here is an earlier portion of the statement he made. I will continue to serve the residents of Don Valley North as an independent member of this house. I'm taking this extraordinary step because to sitting to sitting the government caucus is a privilege and my presence there may be seen by some as a conflict of duty and the wrong place to be as an independent investigation pursues the facts in this matter. I will be sitting as an independent so that business of government and indeed the business of parliament is not interrupted as I work to clear my name and the truth is presented to Parliament and to Canadian people. Okay, so Scott, the allegation is this, and Global is the only news organization reporting this. Um, the allegation is that a Liberal MP Handong met with the Consul General to China in Toronto and advised him that China should continue to hold the two Michaels. It's hard to find a word that exaggerates 
what a bombshell this is. Can't imagine a worse thing than being accused of. It's it's an astonishing development, and in the context of all of these, you know, swirls of political interference, there have been leaks uh, in the past to Global, in particular, uh, and the Globe and Mail with respect to uh, Handong, and and you know. What's damning about the report is it says there are two sources. What's damning about the report is it says that he initiated the contact. And what's damning about it is that he acknowledges that he had a conversation with the consul general, which, by the way, isn't odd. I mean, MPs and others in Ottawa would speak to consul generals from other countries all the time. So that's not particularly damning. But he he did speak to the consul general. So he acknowledges that there was a conversation and he acknowledges there was a conversation that involved the two Michaels, which, again, at the time, you could hardly imagine it wouldn't. But he disputes the characterization of it, and you could hear the emotion in his voice there as he as he stepped aside. As soon as the story broke, I'm, cer- I'm certain that the PMO said, "That's it. We can't we can't hold you up any longer. You're going to have to sit as an independent. We can't we can't manage this." Uh, and and but I, I would say two things. One, um, and I said this on Jerry's show. We got into it hard yesterday. These are undisclosed sources. You know, you haven't heard senior CSIS um, officials come forward and validate these things. They all never comment on intelligence matters. And it puts the person who's under accusation in a hell of a spot. I mean, if he's guilty, then let him hang. But how, what if he's not? What if this is somebody with an ax to grind? What if this is raw intelligence that's being incorrectly interpreted? How do you defend yourself? How would you ever remove this cloud of suspicion? How would you ever remain this, remove this taint? So you kind of look at it and it feels very 1953 McCarthy-esque. It's very alarming, but the charges are so serious. Of course, he's got to step aside. And I think the charges are so serious, you wonder if it means there's got to be a, a, a public inquiry now, that it's just an inevitability. And it, and, it, and it may be the only mechanism, whether satisfactory or not, to provide the public with some reassurance. It's a frustrating situation, certainly, for the government, though, because as you mentioned, um, you know, Donald Trump always complains about the deep state, and his vision of the deep state is that there's an alternative government. But I'm sure even you, when you were in the prime minister's office, had to deal with the fact there are people in the civil service, in the intelligence community, at the RCMP, who are always trying to undermine the government. Well, this is one of the reasons that people have to be careful. I mean, look, again, I come back to it. This, there's specificity to this story, unlike some others, and it is, and some elements have been acknowledged by him. So I don't, I'm like, who knows what the truth is? But I, I, what I guess I am saying is, yes, you're right. When a leak comes out, and remember, we had this extraordinary Globe and Mail op-ed by, you know, this person who purports to be the, um, the, the, the leaker, and they even acknowledge, basically, Basically, they're not just mad at the government. They're mad at their bosses at CSIS. They didn't feel that the people to whom they reported took their interpretation of intelligence correctly. They didn't think that enough was being done. So you do have to worry about whether this is somebody who is um, either a truth teller and is willing to stand up to the powers that be, even if it means risking criminal charges in order to do, quote unquote, the right thing. Or if this is somebody who believes passionately that they're right and everyone else is wrong. But you know what? They might not be right. And maybe the system does protect us from raw intelligence. And, you know, so, you know, you got to be you, you got to be careful, especially when you're talking about shredding someone's life. Here's the, the other thing that's really strange about it. I, 
it doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense. It wasn't in the like if the allegation is that this guy was just a Manchurian candidate, he was a show for the for Beijing. Well, he wouldn't need to urge the consul general. They'd already be on the same page. He'd be like, hey, Bob, I'm the secret agent, right? You bet. Good to see you again, Bob. He wouldn't be urging him to not release them. They'd be already they wouldn't need you don't need to brief a plant. And if if he was doing it because he thought it was a benefit to the Liberal Party, well, it wasn't to the Liberal Party's benefit to have them withheld. They desperately needed them released as early as possible because them being trapped there made Trudeau look weak. Um, so, I, like, whose interest was this serving? It doesn't it, – even on the face of it, the logic kind of is confounding. So I just don't know what to make of it. And uh, But I do know it's very serious, and I do know that – you know, there's not much sense to not calling a public inquiry at this point. You just got to lance that boil. Thanks a lot, sir. It's a lot to chew on. See ya.